Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I created the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central place to connect with other L&D professionals so that we can share best practices, share challenges, ask questions, and get solutions that help us improve the way we work. Join today to get instant access to our community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, you can join for just $1 for the first two weeks and experience the community for yourself. And because you listen to this podcast, you can take an extra 10% off by using the discount code HOTSEAT, all one word. That's discount code HOTSEAT when you check out. Just go to our website, tdtt.us, and use code HOTSEAT. That's tdtt.us. Head on over there, use the code HOTSEAT, and we'll see you inside. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another fantastic interview. And today we are talking about DEI, and more specifically, we are talking all about employee resource groups, or ERGs. You might also know them as business resource groups, affinity groups, circles, or some other names, but really it all comes back to employee resource groups. And we've had a lot of discussions on this podcast since the rise of the social justice movement in 2020 about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to improve DEI. EI. Recently, we had a guest on, Pamela Fuller, who wrote the book, The Leader's Guide to Unconscious Bias, where we talked all about inclusion and unconscious bias. But we haven't really dug into this topic of ERGs. And I know many of you work with employee resource groups, help set them up. And many organizations have been investing more time and energy and resources into ERGs. And so I thought it'd be great to provide an interview and some resources and advice for you on how to set up and get the most out of your ERGs in your organization. So I'm happy to provide that today. 
Our guest today is Yvonne Harris. Yvonne is a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader, corporate social responsibility champion, and a human resources expert. She works with a lot of organizations on DEI and ERGs. And prior to her consulting business, Yvonne was with Capgemini North America, a global leader in consulting, technology services, and digital transformation, where she held roles in DEI, diversity talent attraction, inclusion brand leader, and as an HR leader for their Houston office. Yvonne also has a passion for making a positive contribution to issues that impact women and has led her to involvement in a community-wide effort to increase awareness about maternity mortality and to advocate for improvements in women's health care. Yvonne is a true DEI champion. And in this interview today, we dig into all things ERGs, as I mentioned, including what exactly they are, how to get the most out of them, the mistakes that a lot of organizations make, some of the best practices in setting up and using ERGs, and some great examples and topics that Yvonne has seen organizations use. In the bonus content of this interview, which will be available only in our Talent Development Think Tank private podcast, we talk about Yvonne's experience running her business, some of her challenges, her proudest moment in her career, biggest mistakes, trends that she's following, books she recommends, and of course, her career advice for those of you out there. And again, this podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, where we bring talent development leaders together to grow, to learn, to share best practices, and really support each other as we look to accelerate our success in talent development. To find out more information, you can go to tdtt.us. And now, without further ado, here is my interview with Yvonne Harris, all about employee resource groups. Enjoy. Hey, Yvonne, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me today. Yes. So great to connect with you and chat with you. And I want to give uh, special credit to our friends, uh, Julianne Miles and Bennett Phillips, who connected us. And we've been having a lovely discussion. And I'm really excited to talk to you and really dive into the topic of ERGs, Employee Resource Groups today. It's, It's something that is growing out there in our companies, our organizations, but we haven't really talked much about it on this podcast. And I think there needs to be more great information on how those can be leveraged. But before we do that, I'd love to get into a little bit of your background. How did you become inspired or become so passionate about this subject of DEI and, and ERGs as well? Sure. I've been very fortunate, Andy, that very early on in my career, um, I was included in think tanks and, um, you know, pilot programs around um, diversity at the time, which was the focus. It has since evolved into diversity and inclusion. And now, as you know, we're seeing diversity, equity and inclusion. So um, throughout my career, I've had various HR leaderships and DE&I leadership roles. Um, So I've spent a lot of time focused in the space of diversity recruitment, but then also too um, was a part of the formation of employee resource groups or um, circles, affinity groups, Um, some organization call them business resource groups, and throughout the years have just really um, been, um, I guess, impressed at how organizations can leverage these groups to drive business results and to support um, the overall effort of, um, you know, improving and evolving people culture and organization culture. So they're a very dynamic um, concept that many companies are really just starting to tap into their power. 
Yeah, let's let's dive into that. So what is an employee resource group and does that differ from an affinity group or a business resource group or a circle? Or are we all kind of talking about the same thing? We're all talking about the same thing. Every organization just has, um, you know, a different reference point or a different title for them. Um, the one that you hear most commonly is employee resource group. But again, business resource groups, circles, affinity groups, um, we're pretty much talking about the same programming structure. And and Andy, these are groups of employees um, who join together in their workplace based on a shared demographic or characteristic and or shared life and work experiences. Um, when, they've, when they started, they were typically focused on um, creating greater cultural awareness and providing networking opportunities. They've since evolved into groups that provide um, support to the overall organization mission and vision and they can also serve as very effective partners, um, business partners to talent acquisition and marketing teams. Yeah, and I can see the the value of that and the need. And you know, interestingly enough, you know, I can see, hey, we've got groups getting together to help build community based on different affinities or experiences, like you said. Um, how does that relate to recruiting and talent acquisition? Well. As it relates to the partnership that the employee resource group program can have um, with talent acquisition and with recruitment, we now have a group of employees um, with a shared passion, oftentimes on um, diversity recruitment. So um, these employees can um, become a very powerful force for your employee referral program for outreach to alum or boomerangs, as some organizations um, refer to them as. And then um, many employee resource groups have um, an interest in recruitment at HBCUs and other diverse sources, including, Andy, some of the large um, diverse conferences we see, like National Black MBA, Prospanica, um, Ascend, those types of recruitment sources and you can empower your employee resource groups to be a part of that outreach to those schools those universities those conferences and then you've enlisted the help of other employees that can also make the impact on the candidates and helping candidates decide to join the organization this is a lot about how do we leverage our employees and their affinities or their connection to organizations to maybe recruit more great people instead of just relying on our recruiter or talent acquisition professionals, but looking at referrals. And, and for example, you, you mentioned helping with recruiting from HBCUs. If I understand that right, that stands for Historically Black colleges and universities, right? Yes, um, you're right. So thank you. You know, just want to make sure that everybody understands what we're talking about. And can you give me an example? Like, what does that look like? Are we talking about maybe like a black ERG or affinity group who has members that are alumni from these organizations who feel more comfortable going in there and also saying like, hey, we have, you know, I don't know how to put it like other black people who work here. So you could feel comfortable versus like, you know, being recruited by someone who doesn't look like you. I mean, I'm just kind of curious how that works and why it becomes valuable. And actually, I'm so glad that you asked that question because I want to be clear that your employee resource group program is about inclusion hmm. and not exclusion. So anyone in your employee re resource group program or your employee workforce can be empowered and a part of the recruitment 
team at the historically black colleges and universities or outreach to some of these diverse organizations. It's just all about the passion for recruitment and providing um, that opportunity for them to make the impact either on the campus or with the particular organization. So specifically to the ERGs and how they can partner with recruiters, um, you know, as you know, um, Andy, talent acquisition teams, HR teams, recruitment teams, they run lean. And um, there are a lot of great ideas on ways that we can reach, um, you know, qualified um, talent. But there's only one recruiter or two recruiters or whatever that limit is. So now you engage your employee resource groups and they can help build those relationships on um, various college campuses, either with the career placement center or with those key professors that know who the top talent are. They can build the relationship with the students. So it's almost like challenging the recruiter to say, how do I clone myself? How do I duplicate myself? And how do I leverage key members of the ERGs to help bring to life some of these other recruitment processes and outreach that I wish I had the time to do? Yeah, absolutely. I can see how that can be really advantageous. Okay, so we're, we've been talking about recruiting and talent acquisition. This show, of course, is more about talent development and how do we help our existing employees accelerate success, become better in their career, develop, grow. Uh, how do ERGs play a role in that? So similar to what we've just talked about with recruitment, um, I would challenge talent development leaders, L&D leaders, maybe even OD leaders too, to view employee resource groups um, as an effective business partner for what they're trying to drive. Um, again, if you're very limited in what you are able to give lift to as one person or one department, you can enlist the help of the employee resource groups to um, bring to life, to implement um, trainings and workshops that benefit employee development. So um, as an example, if there's an opportunity to really challenge a group of employees to um, consider promotion opportunities. Um, oftentimes you can get the question, well, how do I present myself? How do I put together my promotion case? And I know every HR leader wish they had time to speak to every employee that had that question. Why not empower an employee resource group to present a seminar on how to present yourself for promotion? Or if there's a need for effective business writing, you could empower an employee resource group or the program could collaborate and present a webinar on um, effective you know, communication, effective business writing, how to network, you name it, Andy. What are some of those pockets of training that we can honestly say as an organization, we just can't seem to get to? We don't seem to have the bandwidth to incorporate that in the plan can we bring the ERG program in to assist with those implementations? And do you see it going the other way too, where organizations are now creating development programs specifically for members of certain ERGs, or is it more about bringing the ERGs in to create, you know, develop, help development, uh, create development opportunities for employees? That's a neat question. I think it goes both ways, but the second way, as you described it, is more organic, right? So yeah. as a part of the employee resource group, the program um, oftentimes 
offers mentorship opportunities or even more importantly, Andy, sponsorship opportunities. Mm -hmm. It's a great story when um, a member of an employee resource group is a part of a group with an executive sponsor, maybe a VP or a senior leader. They have an opportunity to connect. And now the senior leader is reaching out to the employee when there's an opportunity within the organization for a lateral move or a really neat project or even a promotion consideration. Um, I will also point out that within employee resource groups, um, there's oftentimes a formal mentorship function. So I've seen it both as one particular employee resource group, which has a mentorship program for its members. But then there are some programs that actually have an employee resource group focused on mentorship. So working across the alliance to foster mentorship relationships, which drive development. And now the bigger space, and Andy, we're talking about it more and more. It's not just mentorship. It's not just development. It's sponsorship. Yeah. And that's really where the programs are focused. Oh, very cool. And you know, the reason I asked that is because, uh, you know, as I mentioned to you, I, I published a book a few months ago called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And I've been speaking with some organizations about running, created a learning program from that book to help employees, inspire employees to take more ownership of their careers. And I've talked with some organizations about it. And I've had a couple ask me, you know, one software company said, have you thought about running this for black leaders of, of our company, you know, as part of this ERG? Or another one asked about running it for women only or their women's ERG. And of course, my response was, yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that. I don't know if I'm the right facilitator, um, that's up to you. You know, we can we can work on that. But I think that's a fantastic idea, and I love, you know, bringing those opportunities, especially to, you know, let's be honest, a group of employees that historically have not gotten the same opportunities. You know, being part of an underrepresented group, as you know, maybe others have in the past. Well, and if I can say, if you have the heart and the passion for people, which I know that you do, you are the right person. Mm. Um, that's exactly what we want to see in the employee resource group program is the diversity. We want mm. to see the inclusion. The best picture of an employee resource group, Andy, is one that may be focused on the needs of a particular demographic, but that focus, those programs are driven by a diverse group of people with diversity of thought. So, you know, I'm an African-American female, but I'm very passionate about my involvement in um, the Asian employee resource group. Mm. Um, you know, I, I want to be, you know, a part of those conversations. Maybe I manage a team of people from diverse backgrounds and I want to learn more about how to be a more effective, inclusive leader. Yeah. And then it also, too, drives greater team alignment and connectedness when I'm at the table with my team in these meetings, in these programs. And that's where you really start to see your programs going from good to great. I love it. It creates, again, more diversity and inclusion, which is what we want, more participation, more support across uh, different affinity groups and people supporting each other, which I love. And of course, I've been hearing more about this idea of, you know, multi-hyphenated, right? You know, people are not just in one group or one box, right? We have in so many different interests and people we want to support. So with that in mind, you know, all, uh, ERGs are becoming much more popular. I've been hearing about them more and more. And I'm sure many organizations are setting them up with great intentions, but probably also making plenty of mistakes. What are some mistakes you see organizations making with regards to ERGs? Is it just, you know, not giving them the resources they need or 
you know, what, what are you seeing out there that really needs to be fixed? Well, as you know, any program um, that started without the proper resources is probably not going to be very successful. So ERGs are no exception to that. I would say, Andy, um, setting up the programs without the proper governance structure from the beginning um, can also be a pitfall or, um, you know, an opportunity to make changes as you kind of go down your path in the ERG programming. And then as with anything in business, not having or establishing the metrics and the measurements. So you have an ERG program in place, but paint success. What does success look like? How are we going to measure that? What's the cadence of our measurement or timing of that? And those things need to be established along with the program. Now, if you're listening and you have an ERG program that's already in place and you're thinking, oh my gosh, we don't have those things. Well, it's never too late to put them in place, but um, you want to make sure that your programs are focused on, um, again, what success looks like. And then always remember the connection back to the business. These programs aren't set up or should not be set up to function on an island, right? They should be a part of the overall um, focus on people culture. And how do they make that connection to not only driving and having greater impact to people culture, but as partnership to talent acquisition and to senior leadership? COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat. It's known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, and I love that you brought that in. You know, first of all, the importance of having focus and resources available, but also being able to connect it back to the company strategy and people strategy so that everything fits in. And, it, and it's easy to make a business case, right, for why we have this, not just, oh, it's nice to do it. But there is, a, there is a strong business case because it is supporting our strategy. It ties in. And then more people understand the strategy, which helps the company overall, right? Any other best practices you've seen or things that companies do really well when setting up or leveraging uh, ERGs? Right. So when setting up or leveraging ERGs, make sure you're very clear in where you want your um, groups to have impact. So a lot of groups are set up to have impact and cultural awareness and networking opportunities. And that was really like the entry point for employee resource groups in most organizations. Now, Andy, they've evolved into also providing innovation and business solutions. And oftentimes that can come to life through the concept of hackathons, um, which I'm sure many of our listeners are um, familiar with. We talked about engaging your employee resource groups in training and development opportunities. We've talked about recruitment. 
but let's also too bring up community outreach. Many organizations are very passionate about the impact that they're having with the external community. While there's intersectionality between DEI efforts and community, you could leverage your employee resource groups to have that impact. Um, there's some ERGs that are fine tuning their voice on social issues. Um, so um, this varies from organization to organization. There are some, you know, especially after the year that was 2020, who are trying to find an outlet and ways to have impact internally and externally um, on the topic of um, social and racial justice issues. And then um, uh, one other um, benefit or place where ERGs can really play is the storytelling about um, the culture of the organization and the focus that the organization has on its people. And your employee resource group members can be a true driving force in your social media efforts and um, sharing opportunities as appropriate for some of the great webinars that organizations host. And then many are starting, Andy, to look at podcast opportunities, just like we're doing here today. I love it. You know, I'm a big fan of podcasts and, and I'm seeing more organizations, companies, you know, starting internal podcasts. Uh, of course, they can be started for specific affinity groups or ERGs and, you know, it can be done very easily. And, and I'm seeing now platforms being set up being easier to even create private podcast feeds or, you know, member only type podcasts so that not everybody can listen to them. I'm actually in the process of setting one up right now for my membership community, the Talent Development Think Tank. So we have audio content and bonus, you know, content available only to our members. And, you know, that's something that companies could be doing as well if they're afraid of, well, we don't want anybody, you know, who doesn't work for the company to be listening to this. Um, that technology is becoming more and more available, which is awesome. You mentioned, you know, the challenging year we had in 2020. I mean, we had obviously a global pandemic that we're still, you know, dealing with participating in. We had the rise of the social justice movement after the death of George Floyd, um, which is, probably made ERGs a lot more popular with organizations. How has, you know, COVID affected this and the fact that, you know, people can't necessarily get together in person, you know, are there any other best practices we need to be thinking about to, you know, make sure that we're setting up the right groups, being inclusive, even though we don't see everybody all the time, right? Everybody's working, a lot of people working remotely and it's got to be done, you know, virtually rather than, hey, let's all get together for lunch on Tuesday. And Many employee resource groups have embraced that opportunity, right, mm -hmm. to come together virtually. It's not been a deterrent for the programs. For many, it's been an enhancement. It's increased the number of times that groups and members can get together. It's increased the creativity, Andy, in terms of topics that can be discussed. Maybe as we were entering um, this season, it was a lot about transition, work from home, you know, the support um, that employees needed. But as the time went on, many employee resource groups were saying, okay, we've now become used to this format. Let's jump back into talent development opportunities. Let's have the virtual networking. Let's not slow down, um, but let's you know continue to expand the ways um, that we can have impact. And even now, as workforces are transitioning, um, ERGs in large part are keeping up with the pace and you know trying to pull their members in terms of 
how do we continue to support um, reaching out to their talent acquisition and talent development team saying, what ways can we partner as we're maybe becoming more hybrid in terms of working from home and some days in the office, those kinds of things. ERGs are finding, finding their niche, Andy, to say, we can now be a continued effective partner for this corporate culture focus. Just let us know our lane and we're poised to play. Yeah, and I can imagine ERG is also playing a great role in keeping people connected together as we go into the future and we start to see more hybrid workplaces where some people are returning to the office and a lot of people are still working remotely. You know, how do you maintain an inclusive environment where everybody feels like they're included and being involved in meetings and, and things going on? So I'm glad to hear that those are out there. I know you've been involved with a lot of different ERG groups, ERGs. Some people may just be getting started with this sort of stuff. You know, what are some of the more popular ERGs that you work with or you see? And what are a couple of things people can be thinking about for getting started? Sure. So in terms of ERGs um, that can form, you know, obviously with proper business case, um, those that focus on cultural and ethnic diversity, gender, um, veterans ERGs, LGBTQ um, employee resource groups, um, those that focus on generational differences, that's still another dimension of diversity that um, you know, many companies are looking to maximize. Also people with disabilities, um, there are ERGs, Andy, believe it or not, that focus on health, fitness, and wellness. And, you know, you could connect that with those who have childcare focus and concerns, those who have elder care focus and concerns. So more of just the life issues um, that many people are working to balance. There are organizations who've created groups for working parents. And also, too, there have been some that have had some for single parents. There are employee resource group opportunities in the space of community service. So um, I mentioned earlier the connective tissue between DE&I and community outreach. Some organizations have set up employee resource groups to focus on um, this particular intersection. There are employee resource groups that have environmental advocacy as their focus. And then also to employee resource groups that help to drive and operationalize mentorship programs. So there's a number of places and spaces that organizations can kind of think through and say, what makes sense for our business? And how do we find um, those leaders that can help drive these efforts? And if you want to get some ERGs started in an organization, is it a matter of waiting for some people in those groups to come to you and say, hey, you know, we'd like to form a group or do you more proactively seek people out and say, hey, we just created this group who wants to be part of it? I would say it's probably a mix of both, right? Okay. You know, obviously to have employees come to you and say there's interest in this, mm -hmm. you know, you can then work with that team and put a plan forward. But as with any leaders in HR programs or just overall business leaders, you need to poll your employees and get some feedback from them. What are, what are some gaps? What are some opportunities where we can provide greater support? And oftentimes these ideas will come from those conversations. So whether it's through a pulse survey, town hall, some of your stand-up meetings, your team meetings, um, or you know, your engagement surveys, ask about the need for an employee resource group and just see what your employees come back with. All right, that's going to do it for the free and public 
portion of my interview with Yvonne Harris, all about employee resource groups. If you want to learn more or get in touch with Yvonne, go connect with her on LinkedIn. I know she would be happy to hear from you. And as I mentioned at the top of this podcast, we are doing something new now where we're making the main portion of our interview available to everyone who listens to this podcast. But we are sharing our bonus content where we dig into our guests' career, their proudest moments, their mistakes, and some trends and advice from them. We're making that available only on our members-only podcast inside the Talent Development Think Tank community. We also have a lot of great content in there for our members, including recordings from our past calls, all the recordings from Talent Development Virtual Summit we ran last year, as well as some masterclasses on things like LinkedIn and others. And of course, we have a live call every Wednesday where we meet with guest speakers like Yvonne, as well as each other and share questions, challenges, and best practices. If you work in talent development and you are interested in learning and connecting with others, highly recommend you come join us and check it out and get access to the rest of this interview. Head on over to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us to find out more information and join today. In the rest of my interview with Yvonne, I asked her some questions about what the transition has been like to go from working for a company to running her own business, what some of the challenges have been, what has been her proudest moment in her career, what's been one of the biggest mistakes or failures she's made in her career, the trend that she's following in talent development today, the book she recommends, and it's a good one, and of course, her advice for all of us in accelerating our career success. And again, if you wanna hear the rest of that interview, come join us inside the Talent Development Think Tank community where you can get access to our live calls, all of our content, and listen to our private members only podcast. And you can find out more information at tdtt.us. Have a great week.